On this episode of Come Pray With Me, I interview Rabbi Jessica Lenza. Also known as the Rebel Rabbi, she will be sharing her faith journey with us today and some of the classes she offers, like Bad Girls of the Bible. So my first question is, where does the name Rebel Rabbi come from? It comes from the fact that I don't fit the typical mold of a rabbi in my field um, for a variety of reasons. I um, I was raised Catholic until I converted to Judaism when I was 15 years old. Those things are pretty unusual. Um, and um, I also first pursued a job as a, as a cantor and not a rabbi, um, and then decided I wanted to be a rabbi. I initially wanted to work in, exclusively in the reform movement and um, then was exposed to different kinds of Jewish expression. And so ended up working in communities that spanned the spectrum of Jewish practice. And so I kind of felt like this, um, frustration at being um, forced into like a pigeonhole. <laughs> and so um, when I decided to um, be a freelance rabbi, I wanted to be the kind of rabbi that was for everybody. And, um, and that didn't fit into any one category. And I was having a conversation with a group of friends and describing my career and um you know that quote from mean girls where amy fuller's like i'm not i'm not a regular mom i'm a cool mom <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about making that the same but for rabbi like i'm not a regular rabbi but i'm a cool rabbi on wednesdays we wear pink <laughs> or in this case mondays <laughs> exactly exactly yeah so um i like rebel rabbi came out um very organically in that moment when I was trying to describe myself and realized that it was fitting considering that I want to reimagine what it looks like when we're talking about Jewish community so that it's not so, um, you know, um, putting people into boxes, but rather like opening it up to the spectrum of Jewish practice. That's super cool. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about some of the um, the programs and services that you offer? Yeah, so I do a lot of, um, I've got like two areas that I concentrate in. So one thing that I do is I work individually with families or students um, or couples looking to sanctify moments in their lives, like um, you know, baby namings or bar bat mitzvahs or weddings, things like that. Um, I also work with, um, in, so that's like the officiating is one side of my um, uh, practice. And then the other side is educate, education based. And, um, you know, I offer some pretty like straightforward standard things like Hebrew, learning to read Hebrew or um learning about jewish history or about doing some torah study or talmud study but then um which this part of my business i think is um the most unique is these sort of more provocative programming that um 
I feel like really is energized by my fierce feminism and progressive values. And, um, you know, I think that the religious right has a really powerful political voice. And um, being somebody who identifies as being um, a, a part of the religious left, I'd love for, um, for people with my values to feel like they can also claim ownership of their religious tradition and, and, and be inspired by that, um, like that their, their political perspective isn't in spite of their religious, religious identity, their political perspective is because of their religious identity. And so one of the classes that I do is like my signature experience is called Bad Girls of the Bible. And in this class, I look at two female figures, each, each session is two female figures from the Bible that are often pitted against one another. So for instance, the first class is on Eve and Lilith, which are the two, um, the two women that are considered the first human women. Um, Eve is often depicted as kind of this Madonna-like figure who's virginal and perfect until she obviously is no longer that way. But um, Lilith is seen as a, like a wanton, wild tennis kind of um, figure. And so um, in that class, we deconstruct those, um, those stereotypes around them and see how um, actually we can picture them as not these two dimensional characters, but holistic, you know, characters that have a myriad of aspects to their personality and aren't just relegated to these categories of good and bad. And so I do a class on Eve and Lilith. I do a class on um, uh, Dina and Tamar um, from Genesis. And I do a class on Vashi and Esther. And right now I'm, I'm working on developing that into a musical. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I um, also love is performing. Um, in, I, if I weren't a rabbi, I would be an actor. And um, <laughs> so um, inspired by the musical Six, where you have six women on stage who um, get to re-encounter their stories and change the narrative. Um, I'd like to do that for these six women that I explored in this class. That's so cool. I love the musical Six, and I am definitely excited to see what your musical turns out to be. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited for it too. I feel like it combines some of my um, passions. So what role does music play in your faith personally? I would not be a rabbi if it weren't for music. You know, as I said before, initially when I was like, oh, I should be a Jewish professional, the obvious choice was for me to be a cantor because I sing and I play guitar and I love leading services. Um. I felt very drawn to Jewish music. Um, one of the reasons why I converted to Judaism is because of the connection, this like indescribable, indie connection that I had to the music from um, the synagogue. And um, particularly kind of this, um, you know, Jewish music 
uh, more contemporary Jewish music with guitar, uh, as opposed to some of the other genres of Jewish music. And for me, I think that music is this incredible vehicle um, where you can create community pretty instantaneously. That you have a group of disparate people who come in from, you know, whatever experience they've had before they arrive at like 6.15 p.m. or whenever services start. And by having everybody sing together, you automatically have transformed this, these disparate individuals into one cohesive group. I also think that I'm like, I'm also a yoga teacher. And um, one of the things that I love about yoga and taking a yoga class is that everybody's breathing in the same rhythm. Now, um, many faith traditions, including Judaism, um, sees breath as being um, like a stand-in or synonymous with soul, right? So in Hebrew, the word for breath is nishima, um, and the word for soul, one of the words for soul is neshama. Um, similar in English, right? We When we respiration has the word spirit in it. We are respiriting ourselves. And so when you have a group of people who are singing or a group of people who are um, breathing in unison, like in a yoga class, it feels like we're all sort of um, aligning our vibrations. Sounds like such a hippie kind of way to put it, but like aligning, uh, aligning ourselves in this really primal and physical way that um, I think changes the quality of my experience. So um, the power of music and particularly of singing is, um, is like both a physical and metaphysical experience for me. And so um, I, I, it's, it's very hard for me to imagine connecting to something spiritual without music being a part of it. That's really uh, an interesting perspective. And I love how you're able to sort of draw these similarities and differences between Hebrew and English words, as well as like, uh, you know, the deeper meaning for words. Like I remember one chart I saw and it had the word home, and then underneath it had had om, which is a sacred sound in Hinduism, and then underneath that they had amen, which traditionally prayers are ended in in uh, the Christian tradition, so I thought that was definitely a, an interesting way of looking at language. Yeah, and and I think, you know, that what one of the things that, that says to me is that even though religion is um, more particularized, there are some universal um, philosophies or beliefs that that you can see in other in in multiple faith traditions, and this connection between breath and life force or soul is just across the board. I think present, and um, to me, it's just it's like one of those things which is so like essential. 
Absolutely. Do you mind if I ask a couple questions about um, your faith and Catholicism? So I was uh, also raised Catholic. I come from a Catholic background, but I later converted to Baha'i when I got older. So I can sort of relate to some of what you were saying earlier, but what were some of the uh, overarching similarities between Catholicism and Judaism that you picked up on? Good question. Yeah, I um, know that's not an easy one. <laughs> it's totally fine. Um, so I, um, so my mother, she is first generation American. Her parents were fresh off the boat immigrants from Italy. And so she was raised, you know, deeply Roman Catholic. Um, my biological father, um, his mother was Jewish. His father was Roman Catholic. And in kind of like a very unusual for the time um, arrangement, they decided, my grandparents decided that they were going to raise their children secularly without either religion. And it was, um, you know, I think a really countercultural move for them to make. Um, but when my 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 dad and my mom got married um they decided to get married in a church because my mom had this really strong religious background um my mom became very close to her mother-in-law my paternal grandmother who was jewish and uh, my paternal grandmother died before i was born um and uh my mom wanted to keep her memory alive and like teach us about her. And so part of how she did that was by incorporating different Jewish traditions into our household so that we would always know that we were, that we had Jewish heritage. And, um, and I did have some distant, you know, relatives from her side of the family that were Jewish. So it was a little bit exposed to Judaism through that. But um, I was going to church and CPD and, I was a very precocious child and I was really spiritually intuitive. So um, when I was seven years old, I was asking these deep theological questions of my, you know, CCD teachers who were all volunteer parents. Like they were not, you know, really equipped to deal with questions around the nature of God and and um, to explain Catholic doctrine to me, it was really like the lesson plan was to like color, color in his you know, picture of Jesus. Um, <laughs> and um, I, I just kind of came to the conclusion that I was Jewish. And I told my mom that, and she was just like, you're seven years old, what do you expect to do with that? And I was like, well, take me to the rabbi. She said, no, the rabbi's gonna laugh at you. Like, this is not gonna happen. Now, I can, as an adult, I can go back and say, like, oh, here are the ways in which Catholicism just wasn't the right match for me, and here are the ways that Judaism is a better match for me. Um, you know, my personal philosophy is that religion, no religion has um, the monopoly on the right answer. It's just, like, a path that fits that person's, you know, way to be a better person. And so, um, but at the time, it wasn't a logical, rational decision. It was much more like, this just feels, 
this feels like where I belong. I, I think that some of the things that I value about Judaism is this, is the fact that I can call myself the rebel rabbi and I can, and I can be a little iconoclastic. I can like question and challenge. And that is not, um, that's, that, that is something that we are required to do. It's sacred responsibility for us to wrestle with Jewish ideas and, and with God. And um, with Catholicism, we don't have, at least my, my understanding of Catholicism, that you don't have that kind of flexibility. That was one of the big differences I noticed when I was starting to be exposed to other faiths, especially in Judaism, is that debate and differences of opinions are not only tolerated, but in a lot of situations, they're almost encouraged. Like they encourage you to ask questions about the Torah or the Talmud or different services. And it's okay if you have a different opinion with somebody else, like especially when it comes to the afterlife, there's not as concrete of a belief in Judaism as with, uh, say, Catholicism. So uh, it's more open for debate and discussion as to what people think happens. Yeah, um, there's so there's a concept called machloket l'shem shemaim, that there's a dispute for the sake of heaven, meaning that when you are engaged in real debate, not like an argument where you're undermining somebody or, you know, speaking of their ideas pejoratively, but where you have a foundation of mutual respect that regardless of the outcome, the debate itself is holy. And um, I, I just I feel like that freedom and that appreciation for diverse opinion is necessary for me um, because um, my opinions are like they're dynamic. Like things shift throughout my life, the way that I feel towards a certain topic or idea it changes. And so I need that, I need that flexibility. You know, like I like debate. <laughs> I like I like talking to people and I don't, I'm not necessarily looking for a consensus. Like I, I absolutely require respect in that debate, but um, it's about like, okay, this is how I think, this is how you think. We're not undermining each other's identities in any way, but we're coming to this, we're, we're coming to opposite or different conclusions from this debate, then like that to me feels like a full experience. That's a really good point. It's definitely important to be able to be in an environment where you're constantly challenging yourself and improving upon ideas, but also still being respectful of those who might have an idea that's different than yours. So how do you use uh, prayer in your faith? According to Judaism, we should say a hundred blessings a day. And there are prescribed and specific words for those, you know, things. Um, I've, ne I've never felt drawn to that kind of specificity um, that like what I see a, like a, a blessing practice really a gratitude practice, right? It's about taking the moment and elevating it in some way, carving out the, the space and time around it so that 
it becomes um, special. And um, so for me, a prayer could be just that like pause, you know, like, like maybe I'm not going to say the blessing over bread before I eat, but like the pause beforehand to consider how grateful I am for this food, like that is also a prayer for me. Um, and I, I think that when I'm functioning at, as my best self, I have more of those moments um, in my life um, where I'm feeling, um, you know, not a not a coerced, but like a consistent amount of gratitude. Do you have any prayers you would like to share while you're on the program or anything else you'd like to talk about? Um, well, I think one of one of my favorite prayers is um, called Shehefianu. So our, our prayers in Hebrew, they start, many of them start with uh, the first six words are the same, and that's, the, that's called the blessing formula. Which means, blessed are you, Adonai, which is one of God's names. Um, our God, ruler of the universe. And then whatever comes after it is about what that prayer is about. And this one ends with, um, um, which means uh, like basically thanks God for making us live, allowing us to continue to live and bringing us to this moment. Basically like, like thanks for being alive. You know, thanks for letting me be alive. Thanks for letting me be alive and aware to experience whatever this thing is right now. And what I love about that um, blessing is that even though it's, it seems like specific, it's actually for like anything. And it's very powerful. Um, and, um, you know, when I'm officiating um, and saying that blessing, you, know, you can say it for um, um, very happy things. You can say it after um, big challenging moments. It's, it's just, to me, it's the kind of, prayer that can fit into any circumstance. Thank you for sharing that with us. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about while you're here? Um, just that I love, I, I, I think your podcast is great. I think that this idea of talking about um, that, I think that people who are parts of faith communities, we have a lot in common, even though of course there are differentiating um, you know, aspects, but um, this uh, this concept is really support. Thank you again for being on the show. It was awesome having you. Wonderful. It was wonderful being here. Thank you. If you'd like to learn more, Rabbi Lenza offers classes at her website, which is www.rabbilenza.com. <laughs>